Welcome to Optimus Prime Time. More than meets your ears. My name is Craig Mahoney. With me, as always, is my good friend and co-host, Justin Murray. Justin, how the heck are you? Oh, delightful. How's everybody doing out there? Another awesome episode, part two of this bitch. Yeah. You know, I don't know how awesome it is, but uh, well, we are on episode episode twelve, the ultimate doom. Yes, part two. The um, ultimate uh, the ultimate summary, because like half this episode just kind of recovers stuff they just said in the last episode. Like, I'm gonna go out on a limb here. I'm gonna say it's the weakest episode we've done yet. I think so. It really like the first. It's a twenty minute episode, and no shit. Like, because I've seen it twice in two weeks now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The first eleven minutes is literally just like recapping everything they did in the first just redoing and then bumblebee and uh you know another episode of bumblebee and spike and dan damsels in distress Uh, in the middle of it for for no good reason yeah there's a lot of filler it's either uh like recovering stuff that's already been covered on last episode or just pointless filler that means nothing so get ready for an exciting yeah yeah the end um, so this might be a short episode, but hey, we gave you a free one this week. You got an right. extra one. Hope hope you guys enjoyed that bonus episode where we broke down the uh, Netflix thing and uh, and Justin uh, decided to burn Peter Cullen in effigy. Uh, <laughs> Listen, the truth the truth had to be spoken. All right, I'm a <laughs> I love you. I love you, Pete. If you're out there, you know, it's funny because we were reading off that girl, uh, Amanda, who posted in the Facebook, Facebook group. And if you're listening again, hey, uh, hi, Amanda. Thanks for coming aboard. But um, she and I were talking on that post because I, I put the bonus episode up in the comments. I was like, hey, you know, we we mentioned this. Uh, you kind of sparked the conversation. And we were saying how it would be nice to kind of like he's going to retire and retire from the character probably even before he retires as a voiceover guy at some point. And it would be nice to just have him like maybe whatever the Bumblebee sequel is, have it like an Optimus Prime centric live action movie and let that be like, let him go out like that in style, you know, like. Yeah, give him one last send off. Uh, I hope that I mean, listen, the, the in a good in something that, good, too. Yeah, because like the, the easy thing to do with that is like do the uh, Rodimus Prime live action story. You know what I mean? I'm like, <laughs> please don't do that. But yeah, there's like there's definitely a way to sort of uh, make that happen. Uh, I actually think the the uh, Power of the Primes trilogy had a nice way to send Optimus off and replace him without being too crazy. Like I'm not to spoil that because we'll cover that in the coming weeks. But uh, there, there's ways to do it. But I agree. Yeah, j- don't just like throw him in yet another shitty Transformers movie, like have it be kind of uh, centered around him and give this guy a send off. Cause I think you're right. He's going to keep voice acting, but like, you know, he, he does sound less and less like Optimus Prime every year. Um, clearly the studio kind of feels the same way. Cause like we talked about in the bonus episode, he's sort of uh, replaces the wrong word, but he's less and less guaranteed to be a part of a Transformers project. And yeah. there was a long time when he was in everything. So I, I'm with you. I think they're kind of trying and, to move on from him. But do and he respect. he will be seventy nine years old in July. Yeah, it's crazy, man. It's totally <laughs> so, crazy. yeah, at some point, some point, you know, you gotta yeah, sucks. Yep. <laughs> yeah, we'll time see. marches um, on. It happens to everybody. He is what I mean, like he's like one of five living voice actors from the original show, so he's still doing pretty well. Like <laughs> Frank Welker is still around too, and he's been around for yeah. ages. By the way, you get some good uh, rumble moments and and it's be- becoming more and more clear to me as we watch this that rumble is the joe pesci of the decepticons he is yeah. the... and man i still don't know when fucking frenzy shows up like it's we're pretty deep into the show and he's still i we still haven't seen him once he's, he's in the he's in the like the first episode or two he pops up in the original and then that's it i guess they thought it was too confusing to do yeah, one i guess look at all the secret uh miscolorings we yeah, get we, there's more of that this episode too man you know what like this 
for for this big three parter that was supposed to kind of you know begin wrapping up the the first season of this show. Mm-hmm. It, they, it seems like they really half-assed it with a lot of the animation. Like, it seems like there's yeah. like more well, this, modeling and coloring than transforming mistakes than usual. Yeah, this whole uh, this three-part, especially now that we watch part two, uh, this strikes me as something that should have been two, and they stretched it out or something. Because it's it seems like plenty of content for two episodes, but there's not a lot else going on in this one, and it does seem to kind of pad it out. It's it's a little bit weird, uh, especially because like the first episode of this trilogy is pretty a pretty hectic, crazy pace. It's and then they really just like. Yeah, and then they just slam the brakes for the second one, and the third one's going to go crazy again. So I don't know if they had to hit, like, a certain episode count or something for some kind of contract, because it does kind of seem padded to me. Yeah. Uh, and the art is very sloppy. I mean, they draw Dr. Arkerville like a fucking chimpanzee at one point in this episode. <laughs> like, it's very weird. A lot of the characterization makes no sense. I, I understand it's an 80s cartoon, but, like, still, there's, like... They literally contradict things they did the time before. They reiterate stuff that was just said, like, in the last episode. So, well, let's just get into it, man. It is... Yeah, it, it, well, it opens with basically uh, Spike and Sparkplug, you know, redoing re- the exact... Having the almost the exact same exchange they had at the end yeah. of the first episode. But, Pretty uh, much like, come to Cybertron with me, we're about to win. And he's like, no, that's terrible, Dad. And he's like, don't call me Dad. Remember? I just said that. Remember? <laughs> don't call me Dad. Very important. Stop calling me I Dad. I told you never to yes. call me that. Yeah, that's really... Uh, Fucking up my self-esteem every time you call me that. It's, an, it's, an, it's another Vader, Luke Skywalker. That yep. name no longer has any meaning for me. Um, <laughs> but we get a... Uh, well, what man, what the hell was I just about to say? I haven't, well, so I haven't the, slept in days here. Here's, there's a lot of weird <laughs> shit that happens here. And this episode is rife with stuff that doesn't make a ton of sense. The first of all is that um, Thundercracker apparently doesn't shoot lasers or projectiles. He just ejects fire Flames. out of his plane, which is... Really, really fucking dumb for an aerial-based attacker, but whatever. Because then what would happen is what exactly happens. Wind he, blows right back in its face. Yeah, why would he shoot flame while diving? It makes no sense. Why would he even have that capability? It doesn't do anything for him. So they have a weird weird part where a Thundercracker shoots fire while diving out of the air and like burns himself. And then they show uh, Trailbreaker and oh, who is it? Uh, it's like two Autobots, Trailbreaker and somebody, just start making shitty puns about it. Like it's literally just to set up all these shitty puns. I've heard of a hot uh, foot, but was, not a hot nose. Was it Gears? Was it Gears uh, or Wheeljack? I think it was Wheeljack. I can't remember. Yeah, it's uh, or Windcharger. Yeah, Windcharger probably. Wind yeah, Charger. it is. It is Windcharger because he was drawn horribly. That's yes, I, so I, that's why I couldn't tell. I was like, is yeah. that Gears or is that Windcharger? No, Windcharger. Uh, yeah, it's poor. I guy. know what it's I was just... gonna say. They keep talking about you know the uh, spark plug is a mindless slave, but yeah. um, he doesn't seem very mind. He seems very uh, enthusiastic. <laughs> he's, he's yeah, he seems like, to get more. He's on not just the he's, he's a slave. Yeah, he's not just like, oh, th- okay, Megatron, I will do this. I will put this over here. He's like, the Decepticons are winning. You know, he's that's he's true. Really and doing. to your point, all the other slaves in this episode are doing that. They're all like, oh, we yeah. will do what you say, but he loves it. So that's a good point. They're zombies. <laughs> and 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 here's, here's the thing too. When they uh, so what happens? It opens with with Cybertron uh, sucking fucking up the Earth and shit. When really yeah, it's like having it's like having the Death Star in our atmosphere. It shouldn't the have that much of a gravitational pull. Yeah, it's no, a very it <laughs> Cybertron is the size of a very large space station, basically. Yeah. And it's like it's literally just covered the exact same. It was just said, so it's Optimus Prime being like, I shouldn't have instantly believed what Megatron told me. And Ironhide is like, I may have anyone would have done it. The Earth, yeah. And Ironhide's yeah. like, yeah, anybody would have done it. It's like. Probably out of you idiots, yeah. Probably anyone would have. Like, it's probably a good thing. 
So then they have their, uh, they're in the middle of their weird little fight, which is pretty short. And then uh, Soundwave apparently can play. Here's another like talent that would have been useful every second of any episode. Yes. The Soundwave can apparently play a frequency that audio affects, disruptor wave. It affects only the Autobots. Doesn't affect any well, Decepticons, but it makes them well, all. Well, no, fucking... doesn't it knock a couple of the Seekers out? Doesn't it knock Starscream? Oh, that's true. Does knock him out of the. Sky? It doesn't right. affect Megatron. Or Soundwave, theoretically. Um, yeah. And it doesn't seem to affect any of them as much as it affects the Autobots, because the Autobots are like, we have to go right now. Um, <laughs> yeah. It also destroys all the Hypno Chips, which Except... is weird because he just told the Autobots how to solve this entire problem. By the way, <laughs> he's like, I just do this thing that I did that no one knew. Yeah, could. right. Yeah, and then. Uh, but so then, it, but Sparkplug is in there, and he gets so yeah. So Starscream and Thundercracker get knocked out of the sky with the audio, audio disruptor wave. All the other. Uh, mindless hypnochip slaves go running off as if they woke up from a bad dream according to wheeljack and but sparkplug is unaffected entirely and still goes goes loading shit into skywarp and yeah. so you have to wonder if if he got some sort of a you know a better hypno chip or if he's just really kind of into it just from the way yeah, he acts the next scene is them showing him they show him putting another chip on him because they're like they just so it's weird you're right he does like he does get the disruptor thing, and then he helps them anyway. And then they show him strapped to a table, uh, doing a reverse uh, James Bond and Goldfinger. Dude, I mean, listen, let's let's just say what it is. It looks like they're gonna jam something in his ass, like that fucking yeah, scene. Much. I mean, they have his legs tied apart in a straddled position, and he's fa- it's crazy, and he's he's gritting, he's gritting like someone's already been shoved up his ass. So Doc, Doctor Archiville, part-time proctologist. Yeah, dude, there's definitely like I was like, wow, that is not. You don't need to tap like tie him down that way. Like, why don't you put him in a fucking chair, dude? You're just gonna use the back of his neck. What do you have to sprawl him out? <laughs> this makes no sense. Um, hey, you never know. Just yeah, sure. <laughs> Maybe that's what he's into. Um, and this is when we see uh, again some kind of uh, covering from last episode. We see Archiville talk to Megatron. And then, uh, you know, he looks like a chimpanzee. This is the scene where he looks fucking horrific. And he tells Megatron, he's like, uh, Megatron's like, we're going to move some of your slaves up to Cybertron to help out. For some reason, this really bothers the doctor. But he Those really are my sense. slaves! Yeah, he's very, he's very uh, has ownership over his own slaves, which he's not even commanding. And then it's this weird thing where he's like, uh, you'll get yours, Megatron. Like, uh, he's like kind of whining about it. Like, I should have my own machines. And then uh, the door closes. Megatron's like, "Oh, you'll be king of whatever's left." And I'm like, "You already told him this. Like, he already knows yeah, that you're gonna fuck this him. Last episode. You've told him twice. You've told him twice now that like you're gonna fucking leave him with a dead planet. And he's still helping. Nobody knows why. He's just helping anyway. So there's a ton of filler. Like, none of this means anything. Like, they get the chips the broken, o- the but they put the chips back on. The only thing we find out is that the, is that the Decepticons have uh, created a duplicate of the the hypnochip controlling computer. Yes. Which on is just Cyber to surface Trump. the plot later in the episode, and yeah. maybe the most important reveal is that like they, the Cybertron's energy is critical. They still haven't actually brought any energy to Cybertron yet, so this whole process is like fucked the whole thing up. All this energy that they're somehow collecting from just like lightning and wind. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know where or how they're collecting that. And in the meantime, and it's fucking shit up, and it's creating earthquakes, and 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 a, and not just earthquakes. Apparently, wherever they were fighting was on it was on a giant fault line. Oh yeah, because it just opens up into this chasm where Bumblebee, oh, dude, yeah. and Spike go falling in. And I love you know, and uh, Spike says to Bumblebee, "Hey, why don't you drive off?" And Bumblebee's like, "Oh no, I'll fall." And then Spike's like, "But why don't you try transforming?" <laughs> and oh, Bumblebee's like, oh, oh yeah. yes, yes, oh that's that right. That is yes, what I I'm, do. That's um, literally what we are. 
Yeah, it's, it's so this like again, this is this whole scene is weird. Right before that, they have a thing where Optimus is driving and it's like raining, and they spend oh, like yeah. dude, they spend polarity three minutes. On his windshield. Yeah, he can't see through the dark rainy night, which is like so many problems right there. So instead of just turning on his fucking headlights, he just like puts the reverses the polarity of his windshield, which would only affect the amount of light that comes in. But whatever. Uh, so he reverses it re- the polarity. It repels the rain and the hail. Of course, which now uh, Ironhide behind him can also see. But it's totally irrelevant. There's no point. They say that whole thing, it means nothing. Then they show well, that we, But we also get, again, this is all these like one off powers or talents that the. Uh, yeah, that, exactly. And we see um, another one of these because Jazz apparently has some sort of magnetic beam he shoots from his headlights and, and tags onto Ironhide's ass and basically lets Ironhide. Oh, yeah, so he, like, tow to, him he's like a back. magnetic toe beam. Um, and then oh, they show another great, a great jazz, a great Scatman Crothers moment early on in the episode was um, was when they're doing the audio disruptor waves. And he's and he says that this is not his kind of scene. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. He's like, guys, I'm not cool with this. Just so everybody knows. Um, so, yeah, they uh, Bumblebee gets a flat. There's a whole other thing. I, even my, he my gets wife a happened, flat. He gets a my wife flat. had to be watching this with they me go- and. She was like, he's a fucking, he's a space alien and he can't fucking fill up his own tire. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, that's a pretty big deal. It's like, that's like if you had a hangnail and you were like, well, I have to go to the hospital because I can't take care of this myself. Like, I don't know how to do it. So, again, means nothing. The tire gets flat. They replace the tire. It means nothing. There's no point of it at all. After that is the part where they... You figure their tires would be made of... uh, I thought you were made of sterner stuff, Megatron. I thought... Like, the tires, they they literally have these things exposed in their robot mode, and they're going into battle. How the hell... Well, sure, and also, like... It's a flat driving on grass. Yeah, I know they are they evolved to need an entirely different species they haven't encountered yet to fix it. It just makes no sense. So like again, it's a cartoon, and this episode especially is wasting shit tons of time. We see this whole uh, thing like, like Craig was saying, where you know uh, the, the fault line goes right between the car. Uh, Bumblebee is about to fall in. Um, Spike tries to save him, which again is like a person pushing a car out of a pit, so it doesn't make no sense. But they, <laughs> he jumps um, into the chasm and starts pushing up on Bumblebee's ass. Yeah, it makes no sense. He's standing in the chasm. Little and then Spike like, is gonna is gonna push a, a a Volkswagen Beetle up out of a. Well, his dad. A, a his dad just last episode. His dad sacked a life-size Optimus Prime like he's fucking Lawrence Taylor. So That's you know, true. apparently, like it's apparently it's not that hard. But um, apparently these Transformers are about sixty-eight pounds. <laughs> That's very lightweight <laughs> materials. But um. They're all made out of balsa wood. Yep. So this whole thing, uh, and I'm going to skip over one scene quick just to get to the end of this goddamn fault line thing, but this is like, so Bumblebee throws him out of the pit, Bumblebee then falls into the pit, which is a pretty fucking big deal, um, because Laser Laserbeak has stolen uh, Spike. So it seems like it's a really, yeah. it seems like it's a very important occurrence right now, because Bumblebee has fallen into the middle of the earth, and Spike has been kidnapped, and then immediately after that, there's a Spike wiggle out of being kidnapped, and uh Wind charger just like tractor beams well, because, yeah. out of the center of the earth, apparently. So it's, just, <laughs> yes. it's it makes he no falls, sense. He falls like, uh, like what's your face? Like, uh, I literally, I just was watching the last crusade the other day again. And, uh, the Elsa, the Nazi at the end of it, oh, which yeah. he falls down. That's literally what Bumblebee does. Just yeah. falls into the fog <laughs> and he disappears. But I love the way they rescue spike though, is, um, the way the Autobots fix everything is just by shooting at it. And Laserbeak is literally carrying this, you know, exposed oh, yeah. human around in the sky. And Blue Streak's like, eh, let me just take a few shots. And, a bunch. Uh, him and the other two guys he's it. with, they all start shooting at him, like, a lot. Yeah. And they show the air. The air is filled with fire. Like, they can't <laughs> shoot at this guy enough. 
It's so funny. Yeah, I thought that too. I was like, that's so fucking crazy. And then later <laughs> on in the same episode, like a scene or two later, the whole reason that they're sending one of these slaves, what, like Doctor Archiville, why are you sending my slaves? And Megatron's like, because if we have a human in one of the in one of the Seekers, the Autobots won't be as aggressive. Uh, clearly, if Megatron had just stuck around the battle a yeah, little while like, longer, he would have been like, no, the Autobots don't give a shit. They'll still <laughs> fire. They don't care. Yeah, dude, it's fucking... So, anyway, all that happens. They do eventually get Bumblebee out. Like, essentially, all that is to say that that stuff all happens and it means nothing. It, it immediately gets resolved. Nothing changes after that. Then they cut back to the base where uh, Optimus Prime is hanging out with Wheeljack, uh, and his idea was to turn on the Dinobots. Um, that's the whole reason they're there. So they're, they're kind of spending a few minutes and they, being like... And they're just in a closet. Yeah, they're just, just in a closet. Up, Not even closet. unconscious this time, by the way. They're just in a closet. Just and they're standing like, there hey. waiting around. They're yeah, literally dude. there at attention, just standing. It's fucking crazy. Uh, and then they they they're like, well, you guys should. They press the button and like, hey guys, uh, save the planet. They don't really say how. Uh, <laughs> they just they're just told to stop these disasters, which by the way are being caused by gravity. So they're telling the Dinobots to stop gravity. Okay, whatever. So and then Grimlock is like, why don't we give a hot shit about this planet? And then Wheeljack has to be like, well, you're on this planet. And he's like, that yeah, yeah. good point. You fucking good point. Yeah. The dicks. All right. Me, so, Grimlock, nowhere. Yeah. So they do all that just to say that the Dinobots are now going to start punching these national, natural disasters. Uh, and then they cut to the Decepticon base, and they kind of bring up something that I've been wondering ever since this plot started, which is if it's going to fuck up the Earth, isn't that going to fuck up both the bases for the Decepticons yeah. and the Autobots? And it does. Uh, yeah. They show this pretty out of nowhere, that there's a tidal wave just smashing the Decepticon base to fucking pieces. Um, yeah, their little uh, their little elevator up to the surface gets knocked over. Yeah, dude, it's crazy. And then um, they cut, so they have like a little uh, scene with that, and they cut to the Autobot base, and the same shit is happening. It's an earthquake, it's fucking them all up, so they all have to run out. And it reactivates the volcano. Yes, it reactivates the volcano. Which honestly oh. was only, was was literally erupted like in, in their time, some point in the last year, so it's not like it was no. lying dormant for centuries. No, it's pretty crazy. Uh, and it erupts, and it shoots out like iron high or uh, ratchet. Ratchet. So, uh, but we'll drive out. Ratchet, Huffer, and then either, like, once again, wind charger or gears. I can't tell. Yeah, I couldn't tell you. That was, like, incredibly miscolored. And then, uh, <laughs> and then literally Optimus Prime says, oh, no, we need to go turn off the volcano. Yeah, so Ironhide, go turn, turn off, off the volcano. volcano. And so Ironhide, Ironhide takes it on his, no, Ironhide takes it on himself to go do it. And yep. Bumblebee, and you see Bumblebee and, and Optimus both standing there like, oh, no, um, oh, I hope he survives. Ironhide shouldn't do this. Literally standing still at attention, not moving, like, yeah. just standing there going, ah, yeah, no, I'll let me just, uh, yeah, sure, no, I hope he doesn't uh, do the thing. I'm just well, going to stand right here, though. To paraphrase the conversation, it goes like this. Optimus Prime says, hey, someone should go turn off that volcano. Ironhide is like, I will go turn off that volcano. As he's driving towards it, both Bumblebee and Optimus go like, I don't know how to turn off a volcano. I don't even think he can. And they're like, we probably should have mentioned that before we told him to drive into the volcano. So then they just, like, they tell, they easily address the fact, like, what the fuck is he doing? They show Ironhide get in there. And, uh, Craig, even if you never watched the episode, uh, which instrument do you think Ratchet would use to turn off the volcano? <laughs> oh, yes, he shoots the top of the volcano. <laughs> and, uh, the volcano. It dumps rocks into molten rock. Got, guns can do anything. This is, this is, an, yeah. this is like an NRA dream. Yes, and even though, even though lava is literally molten rock and literally 
melts rock as it contacts it. But hey, whatever. So they throw a bunch of rocks at it, and it's all good. Um, yeah. And I the guess whole reason, just, the whole reason that they, it erupted in the first place was because because the pressure became too great for literally you know entire layers of Earth to contain it. But you know, a few more, a few uh, boulders. A rocks is fine. And apparently, like uh, lava is no problem for the Autobots. So again, this whole uh, it really it's it's amazing that Optimus Prime gets killed by Megatron. In you know the movie because for yeah, for as lazy as this this um, episode is in, in a lot of ways, it's it's odd because uh, clearly the writing was lazy as hell. Yet oh, yeah. all those scenes they oh, that that were stupid filler scenes they still had to animate. Like, oh yeah, this, that's the thing. You're right. There's not a lot of reused footage opportunities. They're not doing and, and stuff not even like you know like in, in what was it a one of the more than meets the eye episodes I think of the one of the first three where there's literally like shots of just them flying through the air and it's just the same. You know, they just move oh, yeah. the same frame up and down a little bit. None of that shit. And they even use it looks like they use entirely different background paintings for the arc here yeah. for the Autobot Expos. They, it it actually has like a little shed off to the side. Where we, you know, we see Spike sitting later on. It's it's uh, like a bluish silver color instead of its usual orange on the outside. And oh, even yeah. on the inside, we're seeing a whole like a whole this other corner that I don't remember seeing before, where there's a lot more rock, a lot more stalactites, and uh, and we see a lot more uh, computer monitors with broken screens and stuff. Like all this shit they never used before, they put into this, but they couldn't just put the effort into just write some better shit. Yeah, it's true. It's um, it's a, I think it's a concept episode where the concept is really cool, but then when they broke it down, they stopped giving a shit. You know what I mean? Like because it, it what strikes you about the first episode think, is I think it we is get, a, we could say that a lot about this. Well, for sure, about but like, a lot of what strikes me about the first episode of this this three episode arc is like pretty pretty well thought out, at least in like the plot of it, right? Like you're like, oh, this actually it's a decently make it make the plot makes sense and it's a bit more complicated than usual there's a lot of misdirection there's a lot of tricking the autobots to make sure they're not doing the right so it's like pretty interesting for it then to like at the second and third episode just kind of like get into like shrugs and whatever so um in what becomes a tradition of the series uh as they're running out of the exploding base a jet fire just rounds the corner and runs out with them and they're like I oh yeah like, like he, he exists like he's living off in the garage or something like the older brothers <laughs> he's yep. got his own little uh yeah, he just comes out of nowhere. I love it. And for the remainder of the show, anytime you see Jetfire, you can start a stopwatch, and you'll be 15 seconds away from when he has to. He has to be a jet form because it's the only reason they put him in the episode. So he runs out, and then all the, the transformers get, get shot out of the volcano. And he's like, "Well, I'll go pick up these flying uh, robots because I guess they can survive hot lava, but like a couple hundred foot fall will fuck their shit up." So um, <laughs> he catches them. And then immediately Optimus is like, well, this is getting all fucked up. Let's go fly to Cybertron. And they're like, everyone agrees, including Jetfire, but it's like, well, no, he doesn't. No, 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 that's not, that's not how it goes. Because what happens is we cut back to um, the, the, their little shed, their little garage off to the side. Uh, I get apparently not the garage that Skyfire lives in. Um, but they have, and, and Spike is sitting there very sad with his, with a wrench, with his dad's oh, wrench. Yeah, and Optimus wrench. comes down and says, hey, pal, what's the matter? Why you look you're looking blue and uh and spike's like yeah i miss and then they so they find out that they're sending spike to uh to cybertron i can't remember how the hell uh, they find out they sent a spark plug to cybertron um i don't know either actually uh, they just need to kind of know that's a good question um oh wait no he says at the very very beginning he says he's gonna go to cybertron remember it also makes no sense but like at the very beginning when he's like don't call me dad he's like we're gonna oh, go yeah. to cybertron he says it's but he says that before the Decepticons know it, so it doesn't make any sense. Because later yeah. on, 
like you said, they say we're going to put him in Skywarp and fly him up for that reason. And it's right before the Decepticon base gets trashed because they're like, he's sitting in uh, Thundercracker, I think. They keep changing him, but <laughs> he's sitting in Thundercracker yeah. about to go. And, and then there's the a scene where Optimus is like, we mustn't let the boy know. And then Spike's like, let me know what? He's, he's like, like well, your father is fucked. <laughs> yeah, he's like, well, never mind. I guess that we fucked that up. Also, like, you know, if you're a giant, giant race of gigantic robots, I would assume pretty loud voices. Can't you guys send a, a fucking email? You just stand in a circle of like 30 <laughs> foot tall pillars and like, don't no one tell Spike. It's like, I can hear you, man. Like, fucking you guys are enormous. Hey, yeah. So ultimately, <laughs> so Spike is the one who says, "We, I'm going to go to Cybertron to save my dad. And yeah. Optimus says, no, it's too dangerous. Remember, we were just talking about how you're a little boy and everything. And you're wearing your... You know, your heart, you're, you're walking around with a... I just realized today, he walks around with his hard hat on, like, through this entire episode. Oh, yeah, I know. It's awful. I mean, he, he never takes it off the doors. He's... <laughs> dude, we're, we're, we're close to the end, but what he does at the very end, it fucking pisses me off. I don't know why, it just makes me so mad. But anyway, so... so oh, and by the way, Spike eventually... Back, Spike says, hey, you know, if we could find my dad and, and, and figure out what the Decepticons did to him, we might find out why the humans are working with the Decepticons. Because the way he says he, he's, he's very much... It's like a scene where one of, like, the, the, the humans on Sesame Street goes up to, like, you know, Big Bird. And it's like, why are you sad? And Big Bird's like, I just don't understand. And, and you know, Spike's just like... But Optimus, why would humans work with Decepticons? Uh, he just tur- he turns so... into a like a ten year old all of a sudden. So stupid. I mean, it's fucking. It's I mean, within this world, it's so obvious what's going on right now. I mean, the the, the bad guys are human with a magic hat. Like what the fuck, man? <laughs> it's obvious what's happening. So like this fucking idiot still can't pick it up. Even though so been... shortly shortly after telling Spike that it's too dangerous and mm-hmm. that he can't go to Cybertron, he's like, well, that's yeah, that's a good reason to go to Cybertron. But then you still would not send Spike. You would send a bunch of Autobots. So he's like, all right, Spike, you can go. Yeah, it's it still no extremely sense. dangerous, but whatever. Oh, by the yeah, way, just because... Run along, you scamp. Just, just to interject real quick, because this is the last plot thing of the episode, but they do throw in a real quick scene with the Dinobots fighting the natural disaster, which is has to be mentioned. To get it, yeah, I was, it yeah, has to be okay. mentioned for how stupid it is. It's, it's already happened at the point we're talking about, because it's like a quick 30-second thing they show. But yes, oh, they do. They, set up, they like dig a trench... And then they set up a tree line with like 40 feet between trees to stop a tidal wave, and it somehow works, but it's just yeah, a stupid. It's not, well, it, it starts off really stupid because the first shot you see is Sludge, who's like three times the size of these redwoods or whatever, these giant pine trees, like coming in like Godzilla over the forest. And then the rest of the scene, they're, they're all drawn to scale. But then we see, uh, who is it, uh, Snarl, the Stegosaurus, goes into the, the, there's this giant tidal wave coming, and how does Snarl? defeat the tidal wave how does he you know send it back he just plunges into the water and creates another giant wave yeah it just slaps at it it's like it's pretty so it's only it's again it's another part of the episode that means nothing but we have to mention it just because it is so stupid oh wait the great thing is sludge because there's another earthquake where the you know of course as as happens in all earthquakes the earth just cracks open and a giant chasm appears uh Uh we all know that's the the way it works and Sludge stops it by just stepping on it and just holding it in place with his yes, foot. Sure. Which is great. It's so awesome. the, so, but the final thing they do actually is kind of smart because they basically move all the trees to create a seawall and then dig a trench. And 
you're right. The way that there was far too much room in between the trees. But I mean, honestly, that's a far more plausible idea than just than anything. Yeah. Let, let's just create a, a counteracting wave. Yeah. You know what? It is arguably the smartest action taken by any Autobots in the entire episode. <laughs> I mean, like it really it's probably the most pragmatic and, thing any of them do. And uh, the smartest of any Dinobot, uh, you know, action oh, yeah. by far. Yep. Um, so anyway, so that happens in between. Moving back to what we were just describing, because that's kind of what really the focus is in this whole episode is, um, you know, that uh, ship. Uh, Spike convinces everyone to go to uh, Cybertron. Uh, Optimus Prime is like, who's on board? Uh, Jetfire volunteers as if he as if he has the option to, because like they can't go yeah, without that's him. That's the only reason he's. That's the only reason he's he's, he's there he's, and not in ice. The only reason someone showed up to draw him, like, is the only reason he's standing <laughs> around. So he. Uh, but what I love about Jetfire is he knows he's not the point of the episode, but he's going to take his time and get his lines. He's like one of those annoying character yeah. actors that shows up on set and keeps changing the script in the hopes that the director's going to be like, fine, just fucking leave it in. So yeah, he goes he's in there, extra smiling and dancing in the background. <laughs> He totally is. So they talk about how they're going to get – It's they're, they're talking about the reason they, they're in Jetfire is because he has this weird cloaking type or like a, like a jamming mechanism or something that's going to make them not be able to get detected. And then – It doesn't work. It doesn't work for shit. So it immediately doesn't mean anything. They land and then like this is great that this is included because it seems like this would be a problem pretty often. But I guess Jetfire just like fucks up his timing and he almost kills Braun, who's still getting off of him, like while he transforms. And, again, and I think I think that's completely unnecessary to the story that they it still took the time out to animate. But it's, it's very, it is, it it's is hilarious. It's interesting. It's like a weird. It's like the uh, the day to day bullshit that Transformers have to deal with. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. Like, like if it's like Tarantino was right in the. Yeah, dude, exactly. Like, if you just happen to be getting off and you're like, hey, man, fucking chill out. He's like, I guess I'm so excited. <laughs> and by the way, he should be excited. He's been gone from Cybertron for fucking ever, dude. Like, a long time. Way before these guys have. So, like, when he left Cybertron, it wasn't that bad. Like, yeah, Jeff, right? I remember Cybertron is like, it was a whole planet. There wasn't everyone trying to kill each other. Um, and now he's so like, he should be more excited to be home. But uh, Yeah, completely. none of them seem very excited to be back. You know, um, and it's funny because Spike is very excited he's like i've never been on another this is amazing it's so different yeah, i've never been on another planet talking before. about this and, whole sale he's for the entire Bumblebee, series been like, yeah bubblebee's just like yeah to me it just seems like home it's like yeah but you haven't been there in over four million years well it's you also think? yeah it's true and also it's like i mean it's your home it's like a quarter of the size it used to be like i mean there's a lot of things that have changed the only guy there is shockwave like you guys think he's a dick so like that's a problem um so yeah it is weird uh but they well, there are the, some seekers we do see some uh yeah you just come out and fly, fly, attack them. But in the meantime, they go out and, uh, of course, Spike immediately fumbles into trouble. They in a scene immediately, clearly ripped off the beginning of a uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark or something. He trips a uh, a trip wire and the uh, trap door opens and Spike falls in and uh, Bumblebee falls in after him. And then they're like, hey, you know, uh, Braun, you dive in after them, too. Just, like, like, I don't know how yeah. that would help things. Just, we need one more Autobot to get trapped. Oh, yeah, sure. It doesn't make any sense. No, this whole this whole ending part is, like, pretty stupid. Um, and it's literally the second time. This is now twice in one episode where, you know, let's let's waste five minutes of show rescuing Bumblebee and Spike. Yeah, dude. And let's let's go through the let's try to do like a bullet points of the dumbest shit that happens at the end because there's a whole lot of it. So we'll just go quick overview. We can kind of back up and whatever. But um, after this, they need to find a ventilator a ventilator shaft and they need to escape. 
A ventilator shaft on Cybertron where nothing breathes. What the fuck? Well, they have a ventilator shaft, but whatever, dudes, I guess. Need fresh and, air. of course, <laughs> just like all the ventilator shafts in, in Earth movies and TV, yeah. <laughs> it is big enough for not yeah, just a human to crawl through, but for Autobots. Yeah, no, here's, that's true. It's a it's that's a ventilating shaft to get non-precious oxygen to them um, that they can well, just call. You know, if, if it was if you if, if it was some something where there was gas being expelled into this room and there's no way to let it out, ultimately, you know, the pressure would fuck up the room. Oh, that's true. That's a good point. I see. Uh, the Craig was studying the blueprints. That's a good point. I get that. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then they uh, so I. Uh, Spike has already tripped the alarm. He just walks over this red thing. That's when they fall into the base. So they should know that someone knows they're there, but they just seem to be like, oh, this is fine. They literally find a machine called, like, Hypnochip Control. <laughs> it's like, yeah. it's literally, and it by the way, that compared to every, every compared to uh, Shockwave's lab that we usually see up on Cybertron and everywhere else the Decepticons have their headquarters, uh, the Decepticon headquarters on Cybertron is nice. It's very it's got, nice. It's got a nice it's just, pastel color oh, scheme. yeah. Yeah, they got a whole room just for the hypnochip. And that sure. nice archway in the in the back, it's really it's, it's very pleasant yeah. looking. It's very and so, soothing. And only now when only now when Spike is looking at the machine that says hypnochip control, he's like, "Wait a minute. Hang I on. think <laughs> I think there's a hypnochip that they use to control people." Like, "Holy fucking shit." And he finally gets it. And Wheeljack is like, oh, boy, this is embarrassing because I should have figured this one out pretty early, but oh well. <laughs> I did make sentient dinosaurs, but you know what? Uh, this one, this one really flew over my head. Um, and then there's the last scene, which like it's so it so Spike has just found out there's mind control, um, and then he decides to try to like, you know, trick his dad or like I don't know, he wants to jog his memory or something. So he I leaves. Know, yeah, leaves, I need to need something sentimental that would speak really to weird. him. So he leaves his wrench out, um, and then like his dad finds it and he's like, oh, I remember this wrench. No, no, no. He doesn't say it's even better because I literally laughed out. I I watched this three times in the last (laughs) and I laughed. I literally laughed out loud every single time. He goes, oh, my favorite wrench. (laughs) (laughs) It's his favorite (laughs) wrench. In fucking space. It doesn't even occur to him. It's my favorite. Not only does he have a favorite wrench. But when when stumbling upon it on another planet, he he recognizes it. He can pick this wrench out of a lineup. That is, I love that so much. That is fantastic. <laughs> like, listen, I I have friends. I knew I had a good friend of mine growing up. His father was a mechanic. You know, I I know guys who are uh, I you know I have uncles who are plumbers. I I know a lot of contractors. I don't know any of them that. Would, that they might have a tool that's like, yeah, this is the one I like working with for this job. I don't know anybody's like, oh my, fa- this is my favorite hammer. Like just like favorite dribble tool. Oh man. Oh my favorite sawzall. Oh, this is great. All my favorites are right here. Yeah, it's stupid. Um, there's like a there's an emotion. I don't know anybody who has an emotional attachment. Like also such that like his kid is like, like that wrench is his my... that wrench yeah. is his rosebud. It's... Well, his dad told him not to call me dad. He's like, you piece of shit, don't call me dad. He's like, you know what will fix this? A wrench. A wrench on a table. That'll fix it. After he's seen the fucking hypno machine. So he tries. This is like Spike's incredibly lazy attempt to get his dad back. And then it doesn't work, <laughs> of course. Like, it doesn't even come close to working. His dad's like, oh, it's an intruder. I'm going to hit the alarm. And he's like, dad, please don't tip the alarm because I got you your wrench. And he's like, oh, fuck yourself. And he hits the alarm. <laughs> he's like, why would I... Not do that, and then you just see a weeping spike, and that's the end of the episode. No, not even because not even weeping. He gives a he gives a good no. 
Oh, oh he's, dude, he's also weeping. If you watch it, yes, he's, he's weeping while it's amazing. So like, he can't believe they tripped the alarm, which has already they, been tripped anyway because they, they tripped the tripwire. So yes. a lot of redundancies. He's tripped the alarm that's already been tripped. The, the and once again, Sparkplug very enthusiastic about this. He's fully so on board. Happy. He is yeah. not mindless, not a zombie at all. And remember, he got his like like we were saying, he got his hypno chip fried. And then voluntarily uh, went to the table uh, in his weird little butt device thing and just like was like, cool, yeah, put it right back in there. So, um, yeah, I think Sparkplug's a real problem. I think he's like a genuine yeah. problem for the show. Um, and I think I think Jetfire is in next episode just because they have to get back, but I don't think he gets much plot. I think that's it for Jeff's, uh, Jetfire in, in season one. I think we're almost to the end of seeing Jetfire in season one. Which By the way, that when the um, spark plug on that table has my fa- Arkaville delivers my favorite line of the episode, where he's like, "Creating a mindless slave is simplicity itself, thanks to the brilliant complexity of my hypno chip." Yeah, that's really. <laughs> what the weird. fuck does it's that also, even mean? What does that mean? No, it's also not. He's trying to say he like took something complex and made it so simple to use, but it's like, well, you had like, to time the table and shoot a giant laser at his face, so it's really not that simple. It's pretty complicated, in fact, to like get someone in there. You know? Yeah, I guess yeah, I built simple. this incredibly complex signal. All you got to do is slap it on underneath his earlobe and yeah, control like if him. he had come up, if he had come up with like a Men in Black style light that he could show everybody and then they instantly flip, like that would be a very complex thing to develop, but simple yeah. to execute. But this was complex to develop and more complex. Yeah, to you execute. had to strap him to a table. Oh my god, it's a whole fucking thing, dude. It's like so. So anyway, we'll be. Uh, what, if, what if Sparkplug got? What if the thing started to itch and Sparkplug just started scratching behind his ear? Does yeah, it, I don't think it'd be a problem. I mean, I think the reality is he's so devoted in a real way that he'd be like, oh, whatever. You probably go yeah. back there. Hey, my chip fell off, guys. You want to put uh, this back on? We completely <sighs> forgot the scene too about the two poor schmucks on guard duty outside that one base or oh, whatever. Oh yeah, and, and that laser beak steals and just drops it at pay. And first of all, the only two two humans or human human slaves you've seen who aren't dressed exactly like Spike and Sparkplug. They oh yeah, <laughs> they have the little security guy. I I felt a little bad for those guys. Well, that scene is like completely useless except for the fact that um. Uh, what do they say? Oh, it's when they're in the fucking their little cage. Well, you get to see Rumble being a real piece. You get to see Rumble being through the electricity, which is great. (laughs) So awesome. That's the that's the only thing about that that makes makes it worthwhile to me. It's like a pretty useless scene, but man, it's so great. He just drags him through the fucking bars. He's like, (laughs) ha! Well, you humans sure can't take much, huh? It's like Jesus, dude. What what a piece of garbage. Like this was already he'd be pulling off fingers and arms. Like look at this, you can just pull these guys apart. He's fucking Pesci in Goodfellas, Rumble. Yeah, he, he really is, dude. He don't give a shit. So, yeah, now we're going to see what happens in uh, in episode three. By the way, we get a, what's a Vince DiCola, is that his name, uh, doing the narration for like, the first time in a while. Like, maybe since the first miniseries that started off this season. Yeah, he does um, all the mini-part, the multi-parters. Yeah, he even the does next the end of exciting episode. Yep. He has to, he's the guy at the end of Rebirth who has to say... Um, Oh, no, at the end of the movie, when he comes on, he's like, remember that? The movie ends, and then, like, originally it just ended, but then I had to put on, like, the adventures of the Transformers will continue on TV, because it looks like the end of the movie, it looks like the show's over. You know what I mean? (laughs) They're all celebrating on Cybertron like we won, and you're like, he has to come in and be like, no, 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 there's still still things to worry about, guys. Don't worry. Like, keep buying toys. We got more shit coming out. Don't worry. It's fine. (laughs) So great, dude. Was that on the movie itself, or did they just do that when they split it up and showed it as a five-part Oh, it's on the movie itself now. Um, But before that one, so in theatrical, they didn't have that part in there. But now if you rent it or, like, buy it or whatever, it's on there. Um, And it really stands out, too, uh, because 
It's just, it's very stark. Like, there's like, a pull, they, just, they pull back and they're all celebrating, and then it's just like, the adventures of the Transformers will continue. Don't worry, guys. Please send a check to Hasbro. James Bond will return. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> there's, uh, what, ah, Christ, what the hell was I going to say? Oh, yeah, no, the Rebirth uh, reminds me, which is a little uh, RIP to writer David Wise, who wrote the Rebirth miniseries and a lot of uh, season two, classic season two episodes. That we'll be getting to, like Creme Zeke and the Girl Who Loved Power Glide, uh, the Key to Vector Sigma, the Secret of Omega Supreme, and then uh, uh, War Dawn is one with Orion Pax and, and stuff. So, uh, leg- legendary Transformer writer David Wise passed away from, uh, I believe it was cancer this week. And also, he was the main writer, I think, on the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, like that first season. He kind of did a lot of that. He did some Batman the Animated Series episodes, some Chippendale Rescue Rangers episodes where he got to put more words in Peter Cullen's mouth. As a cheese-loving Monterey Jack. And I think Star Trek, the animated series, he did, he did a lot. Back in the 80s, man, those days, the 80s, 90s, if you wrote or animated or did voices on, like, one show, you did it on half of them. Yeah, no shit. That voice acting in that era must have been the shit. I, I assume it didn't pay as well as it did now, but who knows? It's fucking, it is kind of crazy, because there's, like, 50 guys doing, like, 600 people's jobs. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. <laughs> fantastic. So, yeah, not, not like that as much anymore. But, uh... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, maybe we got um, that Someday. website that'll do voiceovers for five bucks. But a topic for oh. another time. Oh, Let's uh, we'll get ready for this uh, third part. I can only assume the lots more uh, recovering the last two episodes. I can't believe he's breaking my mind control of my dad. Fucking moron! But <laughs> this will be great. Uh, and then I think we have one episode left after this next one, right? Before no, I think there's uh, there's another episode with Starscream and Archiville. Oh, that's right. And then there's, and then uh, there's a. Uh, there's at least one Insecticon episode, and then there's a uh, Constructicon yep. episode. Yep, there's three more, yeah. And uh, the Devastator one is my favorite episode of the first season, yeah. uh, Heavy Metal War. I love that one. So. Heavy Metal War. We get, we get uh, Constructicons. We get Devastator versus Dinobots. Yes. Which, uh, or which, Devastator versus that big hologram, which I think is who beats him in the first one. And then after that, it's all... But Yeah, yeah the, uh, there, are two, there are two Constructicon episodes, and then one Insecticon episode, and one maybe there's four after this. Ah. Well, guys, stay tuned. <laughs> we'll, we'll all find out together. We'll figure out our own podcast. Uh, wait, wait, we got <laughs> Ultimate Doom Part 3, uh, Countdown to Extinction, which is the last Dr. Argaville episode, then A Plague of Insecticons, then Heavy Metal War. Yeah, that's it. So we got yeah, four man. four left in this season after this, and then uh, and we'll see where we go. Maybe we'll take a break and uh, touch on some other, some maybe some Prime, some Power of the Prime, some Warp Cybertron stuff. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, but we might. Because season two is very, very long. And, um, yeah, so we'll, we'll probably do a couple things in between yeah. before we jump in. In the meantime, please check us out on Facebook.com slash OPT Podcast or just search for Optimus Primetime. Uh, on Instagram at OPT Podcast. You can also, if you're not already listening to us on one of the apps, you can find us on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify. Please rate and review us, like us. If you have any, uh, we also have a, I, I, is it, are we OPT pod at Gmail or is it OPT podcast? I can't remember. <laughs> I think it's OPT pod. I will find out right now. I'm on my laptop and I will <laughs> OPT pod at gmail.com. If you want to, uh, correspond with it, with either of us and, uh, and check out some of the, uh, on the Instagram, OPT Podcast, I just posted a nice new jazz painting. I am both a jazz and jazz fan. So I had oh, a yeah. little painting of uh, the, our favorite Porsche doing a Miles Davis impression, which um, is actually already sold. Oh, no shit. Nice. Yeah, That's I got to ship that out to a, a nice uh, guy in Kentucky. 
Hell so, yeah, dude. That is a great picture. So hell yeah, yeah. sweet. Well, keep so thanks for man. listening. Tell your friends, and we'll be back next Tuesday. Yes. Ultimate Doom Part Three. For part Three, which is hopefully thrilling. We'll see. I hope so, dude. <laughs> one was pretty good. All, new. all <laughs> exciting. Optimus Prime time. More than meets your ears. Oh shit. Right, everybody.